Hey everybody, Jacob here from That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. So, do you like candy and popcorn? Do you like self-indulgent fun? Do you like your guilty pleasure dumb fun trash taking a hard turn into making real boy narrative decisions? Uh, then join us as we return to the Sakura Cosmos and read Eden Zero by Hiro Mashima. We read chapters 49 through 68. Crap, so close. Next time. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Overmanga cast. My name is Sam and as always here at the top of the show, uh, we talk about what our familiarity with the franchise that we've read this week is. Uh, well, I had to shift my brain back out of One Piece mode to get back into Space Pirate mode, but uh, my experience of Eden Zero hasn't uh, changed basically at all, I think, since the last time that we read this. Um, really just be- uh, bang into the OP every now and again because it's really good from the anime. Uh, Jake, how about you? Oh boy, I love me some candy and popcorn. Uh, I did actually read a little bit ahead after our previous episode. I basically finished the volume that we had been on. Uh, so I had to reread, uh, the first, like, two-ish chapters, uh, for this section. Uh, But I hadn't really gotten into anything substantive, uh, so not really that much different. All right, and Matt? I've only really watched uh, some of the anime since we've last read Eden Zero, which I'm looking at it was over a year ago at this point. So, um, good job, us. (laughs) (laughs) We're saving all of our reactions for when we do these episodes. Because this is the this is the thoughtful material that you need uh, lots of uh, our very uh, deep podcast to really uh, comprehend and understand. More importantly, <laughs> it's just weird that Jay is the only one of us who can't record. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't really happen a lot. But anyway, uh, we rejoin the crew of the Eden Zero uh, flying through the Sakura Cosmos as they are wont to do. Uh, traveling to the planet of Sun Jewel, where they will uh, hopefully find uh, Homura's uh, Lost Master uh, and the fourth of the Shining Stars, Valkyrie. Uh, unfortunately, they have to take a brief detour because there's a huge-ass debris field in the way. Uh, I guess so big that they can't use the 3D verticality of space to go over and under it, but sure, whatever. Also, the debris appears to be fish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Space fish. Fa- space fish. Fish in space. I love some space fish. I don't understand what you're not understanding. It's a very simple <laughs> concept. It's space, space, fish. space fish. Whole school of them. They're all they they're all vaguely uh some variety of koi or goldfish. They're very pretty. Like most things in the Sakura Cosmos, it does not make logical sense, but it looks good, and quite frankly, that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh uh, amidst the fish, we see what I was g- sure was going to be a ghost pirate. <laughs> we, see, <laughs> we see a man carrying a yieldy captain's wheel floating amidst the fish. And as everybody is rightfully like, what in the, what, what is, is he, is that a guy? Is he saying something? Quick, turn on the audios and help me. <laughs> okay. Oh, they uh, then uh, proceed to bring on board Captain Connor, who talks like a pirate. I be Captain Connor. As you can see, I be a ship's captain. <laughs> I see you holding a ship's wheel. That That's just kind of weird. Captain Connor is what the kids would describe as based. 
because the first thing he says when he gets on the ship is, man, sure a lot of dames doing things around here. <laughs> <laughs> this ship is run by women and children. All right, I'm officially your captain now. No, you're not. That's Shiki's job. He's just a boy, though. I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure you broads will understand. I'm going to the, uh, to the helm now. Uh, first, he bums a bunch of food. Yeah, because he's been floating in space for God knows how long, <laughs> for, um, big space time lady knows how long. <laughs> I forget her actual name. Xiao Mei? Xiao Mei, yeah. Xiao Mei. Uh, she's my favorite character. You'd think I'd remember her name more, uh, efficiently, but. <laughs> Look, this series is popcorn and candy. <laughs> it, yep. it is not particularly memorable. It's fun. <laughs> I love it, but it is not particularly memorable. <laughs> But uh, Captain Connor says he's from the Aoi Cosmos. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, which is kind of like the Sakura Cosmos, except filled with fish. Of course. <laughs> As you do. With uh, Connor now bumming a ride on the ship, he's being very disruptive. As he uh, snores incredibly loudly, uh, thinks that the baths are co-ed, and uh, just sort of imposes himself into every situation. <laughs> He also takes it upon himself to use their clothing manufacturing thing on board to make himself a captain's uniform. Mm-hmm. As you do. And uh, also start, starts uh, teaching Pino swear words. <laughs> <laughs> screw you. Screws for you. No, screw, lass. Screw. Don't ever say that, Pino. <laughs> <laughs> but conveniently, he does somehow make up his uh, worth for being such a disruption because while no one was paying attention, except maybe Shiki gave him permission, it's kind of weird. Uh, he piloted the ship through the debris field that was going to cause them a three-day delay, and they get to uh, the planet they're going to within. Yep, he, uh, he took a shortcut. What do you mean you took a shortcut? I took a shortcut. How did you even do that and he's like because i'm the best captain and then he uh wanders away and uh <laughs> thinks to himself i'm the captain of the eden's one and he has a tattoo on his wrist of eden's one and i'm like sure sir it's convenient no one saw that <laughs> barely hidden by your cuff. by your sleeve uh -huh. well, he had his gloves on i guess but yep yeah he takes gloves off for you for the audience to see that uh that it's tattoo I, I must say, this is quite the drama bomb to end on and then have no one address for the rest of our reading. Yeah, it never comes up again. <laughs> this character we... is offhandedly mentioned to be still be on the ship and then nothing else. Yeah, it was it was a funny bit for me where I picked up reading where I left off after our previous reading and I realized, oh, wait a second. This is a this is in the middle of a, a thing. Uh. I need to remember how they actually, uh, spoilers, they get arrested almost immediately upon arriving on the planet. I'm like, oh, wait, no, I gotta, I gotta reread and see how they got into this situation. And I, I read our full section and I'm like, oh yeah, that guy exists. <laughs> they never bring him up again. He's just on the ship. He doesn't even do anything. This, uh, our reading section. He's just here. He, he's Connor. the reason Weiss doesn't feel comfortable going down on the planet initially. <laughs> Which, yeah, to be fair, that's that's probably a good call on Weiss's part. I'm not leaving this guy alone to screw around with our systems. Spoiler alert, at some point he does leave the guy alone to screw around with their systems. <laughs> it's... it's fine. Probably. <laughs> they do have uh, three of the four shining stars there to... Mm -hmm. 
hopefully mm -hmm. keep him under at least relative control. But uh, the rest of the away team heads down to the planet and finds themselves in uh, the gleaming wealthy sector of uh, Sun Jewel. Uh, coated in gold, elaborate towers rising up, uh, several fairy tale references on the billboards, and everybody's in fancy clothing. And uh, it looks like this is going to be a, a fun, glamorous time. I, I don't know what could possibly go wrong. Shiki just randomly walking up to people like, hey, you got lots of cash, right? Who are you? Oh, <laughs> man. Are you telling me the planet that the Eden Zero crew landed on initially appears really cool and then suddenly has something happen that makes it not cool? <laughs> it's mm. almost as if we're reading Eden Zero. <laughs> it's almost as if there's an episodic plot structure that goes along with this manga. So oh. they go they go to a big casino uh, because Rebecca can't go a single volume without a change of clothes. She puts on a fancy cocktail dress. Fancy uh, cocktail dress is a way to describe this. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the kind of dress you wear when you want to marry a man who's like 30 years older than you and two million dollars richer than you <laughs> <laughs> like most of the guys in the background of that panel basically <laughs> but uh the plan is to uh very sneakily um go around this casino and talk with the folks and figure out uh, the location of valkyrie and homura immediately starts screaming does anyone know where valkyrie is hey i'm looking for her does anyone know Oh, Rebecca has to rein her in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I gotta say, I really liked uh, the interactions between these two in this reading. It's uh, very heartwarming and, and yeah. funny. Uh, thankfully, before there can be um, any uh, immediate consequences for Homer just screaming out the reason why they're here, uh, or anyone can pay attention to the little robot bird that's peeking uh, on them uh, saying this, uh, some uh, casino robbers show up. Uh, well-armed, uh, Masked. you know, Uzi firing into the air. The classic. Mm -hmm. I like how one of the masks is, is just poo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the carrot-nosed dog, not poop, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also think the main villain is also supposed to be the main character from Rave Master, but, like, a super ugly version of it. But I that's hard to tell. Uh, thankfully, uh, we have several heroes here to deal with things, and by that I mean Shiki not knowing to get down because this is a stick-up. <laughs> Looking at the guy who's trying to stick the place up and going, Wow, you've got a huge face! This is a mask! Alright, so you're bad guys, huh? Boom! And just starts, uh, walloping all the robbers, doing his usual Shiki thing, Majimek attacks. Homura also immediately gets in on it because she also doesn't understand the concept of restraint. Mm -hmm. And the robbers are handily defeated, uh, taken out by our two noble heroes. I like how Rebecca got honestly worried for Shiki for a second. It's like, oh, wait, no, they're shonen heroes. <laughs> <laughs> they're fine. And it's like, all right, cool. Some vigilante justice. Everything is fine now. And then things immediately start getting kind of fucked up because uh, all the robbers dropped in in a circle are... Uh, caught in a beam of light piercing down from the heavens as a uh, booming voice over the over a speaker uh, says, I do not tolerate crime on my planet. Oh, and they appear to get orbital lasered. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not sure about the appearance. I think they might have been orbitally lasered. No, no, yeah. no. They were orbitally lasered. They were reduced to red dust. Well, the thing is, I say they appear to be orbitally lasered because it appears to also happen to uh, Cheeky and Homura in a bit. But mm. the these people probably were just killed. No, they were very much killed because the only thing left is a red is a perfectly circular red stain. They committed the most heinous crime of all. Theft of money. That's only legal when the people in power do it. Oh, hey, what's that? The laser is uh, shining on our heroes. A cutaway to uh, uh, Madame Karani? Karani? Karani is what I would assume. Yeah, probably Karani. We don't have Jay here to correct us, so really, <laughs> we can say whatever we want. We'll, we'll figure it out. Karani? <laughs> that bitch. How about that yeah. name? Yeah, Madame That bitch. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, well, she's uh, speaking with Draken Joe. Draken Joe, the still the best named character. Alchemist, still the best named character in this uh, manga. The fact I forgot Draken Joe existed until I read this was really a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we revisit Eden Zero, we're reminded of the existence of Draken Joe, the Dark Alchemist, and everyone's happy. Every time Drak and Joe is on panel, people should be asking, where's Drak and Joe? <laughs> she is, uh, in fact, speaking with uh, the legendary Dark Alchemist, uh, talking about uh, that weapon that was just used, the Satellite Blaze, a machine that tracks the location of everyone on the planet and condemns uh, violators of Madame Kuranai's law to death. And I'm like, oh. Okay, that's extreme. That sure is something. Joe wants to uh, use the satellite in order to track down the Eden Zero. And after uh, that little uh, nugget is dropped, we meet up again with the robotic bird flying back to the poor sector, which, uh, boy, howdy, it sure looks like it. <laughs> uh, it looks like every shantytown in a Fallout game. Or surprisingly, also Konoha. Also does kind of look like Konoha. If Konoha was in Borderlands. Uh, we get to see that somebody is observing our heroes uh, who uh, mm -hmm. uh, asks what uh, Valkyrie thinks. Valkyrie in shadows. Mm -hmm. Lady Valkyrie in deep shadows after uh, he realizes that Homura is there. And with uh, several uh, hooks now thoroughly in this story, uh, we get to the... Uh, <laughs> the actual meat of our conflict, which is, uh, yeah, our noble heroes went and stopped the robbers. However, they committed a violence, which means that uh, we're not going to put you to death. Don't worry. We're not that barbaric. We understand that you did it out of the goodness of your hearts. So instead, we're just going to sentence you to hard labor for the rest of your life. To be fair, they did destroy... A lot a of, of property <laughs> yeah. in there. Like, it was unnecessary destruction, too. Like, Shiki just threw tables at them for no reason. So, really being asked to pay back what you broke isn't insane. Yeah, no, the, the, the idea that they'd have something to answer for isn't insane. It's the uh, hard labor for the rest of your life is maybe a bit much. Mm -hmm. Well, to Especially be sure, we don't know it's for the rest of your life yet. That's, well, that's a yeah, little... That's that's also true. <laughs> their their debt is set to like what a hundred thousand, yeah. So mm -hmm. 
I have no idea what that could be. Numbers mean anything. <laughs> that could be like seven animals. I don't know. Well, it's set to 100,000 and they are teleported uh, into the labor district uh, where it is explained to them what they must do. Uh, Not really. <laughs> sort of. They they of. they mostly have to figure it out and then other people show up to tell them. To they are teleported. They're teleported directly into the mines is really the problem there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because uh, basically the gist of it is they have these neck collars that have uh, digital representations of their debt, and they're told to mine. Except in this universe, mining is killing bugs that grow crystals on their back, and those crystals are actually metal, and the metal is valuable. It's Eden Zero. We have to do everything uh, as... Uh, shown in action focused as possible. <laughs> I don't know if this was mentioned previously, but Cheeky is definitely afraid of bugs. I was gonna ask yeah. if either of you remembered if this had yet been established. Okay, so the party balance in this section is actually spectacular, and I'll get to the point where I was like so freaking on board with uh with this arc. Like the way that they prevent Cheeky from just solving a couple of plot lines is this fear of bugs, and I. I didn't think that had been mentioned before. He sees the bugs and almost immediately starts blue screening as Homura has to deal with a huge swarm of them. Unfortunately, there are too many for even her sword skills. Thankfully, uh, some dudes show up. <laughs> a quirky mini boss squad. <laughs> <laughs> One plus two makes a million power. I'm pretty sure that's three. One plus two makes a million power. I believe that makes three, but I will not mention it. <laughs> Look, one of them appears to be a masked wrestler who fights with skis strapped to his arms. So I'm, I'm not going to question these guys about anything, really. <laughs> uh, but after all of the bugs are cleaned up, uh, they are like, ah, newbies. Excellent. We will explain the hideousness of our situation to you. Because as it turns out, the those little monsters are called stones. And if you beat them up, they release metal, which is then immediately teleported to Madame Kerr and I, so she can profit off of all of this. And it uh, ticks down on your collar to get you closer to freedom. Sure. Uh, thankfully, they don't all come in bug-like varieties. Uh, Shiki's very worried about that idea. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they head over to the to the actual shanty town where the where the laborers live. Mm -hmm. And we're introduced to one of our arc villains. BDSM man. <laughs> You're supposed to, but I hate this guy. <laughs> the scourge of heaven. The scourge of heaven. A dude in a gimp mask with a whip. He is, he is something. He's beating up one of the, uh, one of the slaves. And uh, of course, Shiki and Homer, I have to step in being heroes. Like, all right, that's enough out of you. Uh, unfortunately, if even one person defies, uh, everyone gets uh, suppressed by the Punisher bots. And uh, this guy's uh, special power is uh, his whip uh, injects numbing agent into uh, the victims so that it, uh, when he cracks it across Shiki and Homura's knees, it forces them to uh, fall to the ground in supplication, which of course just pisses the two of them off more. Uh, but he sees that Homura is, in fact, a pretty girl, and it's like, all right, I'm officially going to take you back to my BDSM dungeon and do horrible things. I do like Homura's interaction here, because she's like, no, Shiki, don't cause a scene. 
he's such an idiot. He doesn't know I can use ether gear. So yeah. I'll just escape later. And then it just cuts to, you're literally right behind me. I can hear you as you're talking. Curses. Curses. My thoughts escaped my mouth again. Homura never change. Uh, it's funny because that actually gives us a very crucial bit of information uh, going forward. Though, uh, before we can have that revealed, we have to further establish how much of a awful fucking person Madame Kerr and I is. I and love this scene. <laughs> this scene is so fucking stupid. Well, she's looking for a new attendant, and uh, one of the candidates is a, is a man from, I can only assume, the Twink planet. <laughs> planet <laughs> Genos, known for having gentlemen pleasing to the eye. <laughs> And she's like, hmm, yes, you are very handsome, but now strip. And he's like, okay. <laughs> Gets naked in a panel. Bishi sparkles. <laughs> Bishi sparkles in uh, appropriately censoring places. Yeah, who, who needs the Eden Zeros for shining stars when we got these boys right here? <laughs> <laughs> four shining stars and then a brilliant sun right between his legs. <laughs> He uh, goes to, like, kneel before, and he's trying to be all suave, like, uh, yes, I will be your attendant. I will keep you warm on lonely nights. Uh, no. <laughs> Who told you that you could touch me? You, uh, you must mistake me for some sort of sensualist. Now I will punish you. Please, not the face. Oh, not the face, you say. All right, then. And melts his face off with fire powers. I, I can only assume it's either gear. Yeah, they never really go into super great detail on what her personal abilities are because uh she she doesn't she doesn't fight hand to hand later when things happen but uh a hundred percent she has fire powers just because her name is crimson like uh, yeah yeah that'll do it. yeah that tracks but uh we find out that this is not the first butler candidate she's been given uh and she has had a similar reaction to all the other ones bring in the next one uh, that was that was actually the last one she wants, uh, she talks to her ward about how, uh, Dragon Joe wants to eat in zero and she's got a 30% cut in it. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm actually just going to screw over Joe and take the entire thing. I'm only ever interested in 100%. And this, this means she's a power player. Cause who in this wide, wide universe would ever dream of cheating Draken Joe? <laughs> <laughs> And this is all where we also learn that uh, this planet has some powerful jamming around it because the crew on the Zero can't uh, get in touch with the away team, uh, no matter how hard they try. And more importantly, Rebecca can't post any B-Cube videos. But you know who can post some B-Cube videos and happens to be here and also has a name I completely forgot about was seriously <laughs> her name? <laughs> <laughs> the second... My the second this bitch of our reading. Labilia. <laughs> Gotta be very careful reading that. <laughs> yeah, real careful with the syllables. Uh, I will never get over that name. <laughs> oh. Oh. But uh, yeah, so it's really weird. She kind of just offhandedly hears Rebecca saying something and goes, oh, I can help you with that if you do a favor for me. Man, how am I ever going to find Shiki and Homura in the labor district so that we can find Valkyrie? Uh, sure is convenient that you were just uh, expositing your plans aloud. Maybe I can help you. Uh, this is also where uh, the uh, 
the uh, chapter covers become uh, Babby Homera, and oh, yes. I'm okay with this. She... They're very cute. It, it just becomes one piece where the chapter covers tell a completely unrelated backstory. <laughs> well, you say completely unrelated, but there's actually a critical piece of plot information in there. Because... It is it is stated outright inside of the actual uh, the actual story, but yeah, there is a there is a bit that's kind of important because we see the cat that snatched the letter uh, that would have explained to Homer where, Val where Valkyrie went. Uh, speaking of uh, unnecessary cruelty, uh, who wants to? We we, we have a, um, a magical girl reference of a chapter, and then I think a Carrie reference. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that far, but yeah, basically what Labilia wants is for Rebecca to cosplay as a character from a children's anime, uh, mm -hmm. basically a magical girl princess. Yes, little mage girl, wibble wobble, ruby bobble. And um, in, in the ultimate joke, it appears uh, Labilia has bought Rebecca a children's costume, which does not fit her, which I... Considering Rebecca's proportions... Yeah, I was about to say, Rebecca fills this out pretty well, so the joke is definitely not that. Um, <laughs> where we also get introduced to this arc's, um, I guess, MVP? I don't know what to do about this guy. <laughs> Tertiary antagonist? Secondary no, man, he, hero? He's too based. He comes spinning onto the scene with his, like, nice beard, his top knot, his uh, anime t-shirt. <laughs> Singing An the OP to Wibble Wobble Ruby Wobble. Anime will save the universe. Anime will save the universe. It's the B-Cuber Nino. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> He's he's just uh he's an otaku news beekeeper. <laughs> what Labilia's walking Rebecca through the basics of how to like be a beekeeper, which um sounds really sweet until you realize Rebecca has been doing this as her profession and has been terrible at it this entire time. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah. We get a bonus chapter that proves just how shitty <laughs> she is at it. At it. <laughs> like when people were mocking her earlier, she deserved it. But the content she's making is terrible. Look, like, literally, all of her subscribers seem to just be people who tune in because she'll accidentally have the camera facing her ass the entire stream. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go with what works. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I guess she just needed to find her true calling as an adventuring space pirate. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the, the implication I get is that the bonus chapter was some of her earlier content and she's been getting progressively better because like she's not just like giving like patronizing basic tips she's actually like no here's how like like you're you're good enough to record a video at a basic level but here's how you structure it i don't know jacob when rebecca goes wait, wait I, what is a script doing here we're recording a video what do you mean you don't do scripts for your videos <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, seriously, the exact quote is, what is this a script? Well, maybe if you actually have some planning in your videos, you'd get more views. And then <laughs> Nino even jumps in with every video needs structure, a, so a solid beginning, middle and end. Wow, I'm really learning a lot. <laughs> oh, Rebecca, Pl bless her heart, she tries. Well, apparently not. That's really not. <laughs> <laughs> apparently she's just been half assing it. <laughs> half-assing it with her whole ass yep mm -hmm. but she puts her whole heart into her cosplay performance 
what what's the exact words because it it it's gross it's super gross it's um gross smelly soup yeah and it's it's basically carrie she gets a whole bunch of stuff dumped on her after winning prom queen yeah mm-hmm. literally it's just it, like there's a whole half page panel of just the longest freaking monologue from her just being needlessly cruel I don't she's like it's a prank video and I'm like I I don't get who's watching this video and because th- obviously the manga is portraying her as the villain but like mm. from the inner universe context of this is her video it I don't know <laughs> like it, sometimes it, you just make a video for yourself but like like this, this no one would watch this and think you're the hero <laughs> this this feels like the SpongeBob episode where Squidward went too far on the April Fool's joke, except instead the Krusty Krab is laughing with him. Yep. She she also does feel the need to go against the thesis statement of this manga and go like, oh, you stupid robot. You don't get it because you don't actually have feelings. I have as, feelings. As Pino is actively crying in frustrated rage. Oh, I love Pino, like, gritting herself through the tears of like, please don't laugh at my friend. Well, because she she has to be nice even when she wants to rip Labilia's uh, throat out, which mm-hmm. fair, she deserves it. And then Labilia immediately uh, reneges on the deal and uh, zips out without telling them where to uh, get to the to the labor district. Thankfully, um, anime will save the universe because Nino uh, <laughs> is a man of honor who uh, saw that she completed the uh, the deal, and also the cosplay was good, and as a man of culture, he has to respect the good cosplay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I mean, I ju- also, I just noticed, I think he's some sort of elf, because he's got pointy ears. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I don't... I, I Alien. Space elf neckbeard. He doesn't have a neckbeard, though. No, he has he's a very, very well-trimmed well beard. Like. He's very well-groomed. Gotta respect it. <laughs> I say as I'm stroking my goatee. Yes. He's he's some sort... He, he's a cool guy, okay? <laughs> he's like the most um, positive depiction of an otaku while still keeping noticeable, like, otaku. Otaku, yeah. I guess that's the joke. Like, is he <laughs> Stop so the presses, cool? guys. We found the one good otaku. <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, anyway, back to Homura and the sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah, th- this this uh section here, <laughs> I this is the closest Eden Zero has come to going into distasteful territory, right up to the line. Thankfully, they uh they don't cross it, uh mostly yeah. because Shiki just kicks the door down because <laughs> Shiki does Shiki things. It's uh, it's enough time to be like, ah, yes, he is a very evil person, so that he, you can get. The absolute shonen popcorn that I, I don't know, the contrarian in me really wants to hate, but something in me just absolutely loves it when a shonen protagonist grits his teeth and goes, don't you dare fucking hurt my friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why this is popcorn and candy. <laughs> no, it's literally, I... look how evil this person is. Good thing Shiki will say, don't you hurt my friends, you <laughs> Uh, look matt that's just the one piece appreciation talking (laughs) well actually i was gonna say boy i'm glad we did one piece uh, last time because granted i i really enjoyed this section a lot for a lot of reasons uh but uh this really does go to show it in contrast to one piece where one piece puts in the effort to make that 
uh, to make these sorts of moments really work and and be really solid. Eden Zero pulls them off to the point where you can enjoy them whilst turning your brain off, but it doesn't put in the same work that One Piece does. And then there's the hopeless dredge of other shonens that will do this and fall flat on their face because it rings ho- completely hollow. I, it's it's kind of like how popcorn and like a nice steak are both going to be buttery and salty. Just one of them is a better meal. Yeah. Exactly. And and one of them is a better meal. That's unquestionable. But also, sometimes you just want some popcorn, and that's what... <laughs> no one wants to eat a steak while watching a movie. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what Eden Zero is for, and boy golly, is this section nothing but a parade of proving that Eden Zero does that perfectly. But uh, the important uh, tidbit that we get out of this, beyond, you know, just evil man is evil, is that... Um, Ether gear can be entirely shut off by tying up the hands of the user as Homer <laughs> is tied up by her wrists to a pipe. So she's like, aha, you fool. Now I will use my ether gear and wait, it's not working. Why isn't it working? It's because ether gear works by reconfiguring the ether in your body and you need your hands for that. For some reason, <laughs> I can't, I can't help but sit here and think about the fact that there's a certain superhero who used to have the weakness of being tied up for a particular reason, for a particular metacontextual reason. <laughs> I love how Shiki has absolutely no problem just clowning on this guy. And then after beating him goes like, wait, hold on. Are you just kidding me? That ether gear literally doesn't work if your hands are tied together. Hold on. I got to try this shit out. <laughs> uh, you know, using his gravity ether gear, Shiki expertly dodges all of his uh, whip moves. Uh, punches him in the face and throws him into the ceiling. Just, you know, good old times. My, my man shoves his head out of the ceiling to provide exposition on, oh yes, Valkyrie, I knew that fine, fine woman. Mm, yes. I provide exposition and make you feel creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lick the blood off of my face because I, I'm a weirdo like that. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, 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 yum. But uh, yeah, also apparently Nino let Rebecca use his shower. <laughs> and that's just casually mm. mentioned so she doesn't smell like garbage, I guess. But it comes yeah. off kind of weird because he's got his same very intense grin and thumbs up. And I'm like, Nino. <laughs> Nino. He definitely doesn't have a camera in there. I actually believe that he doesn't. He actually probably doesn't because he's cool, but <laughs> it doesn't help the implication with the creepy grin and thumbs up. He also mm-hmm. does reveal he works for Madame Curanai as the Fist of Heaven, so... Uh, yeah. That's how I knew that whenever you say certain key words, Madame Curanai is alerted to it. And when you said the Eden Zero, that set off a flag. But don't worry, I immediately was sent to get you. But then since I saw you in that sexy-ass cosplay, I was just like, nah, that girl too hot to die. And I'm like, okay, Nino, you're being weird. <laughs> like, anime will save the world, you know? Also... So- if you could uh, cosplay uh, Angelic Angela next, that'd be really great. She wears isn't, no clothes. Isn't she half naked? <laughs> you mean you mean the angel girl that's just in the frilly lingerie? Yes. Anyway, anime will save the universe. Bye. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> He's such a dumb catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and conveniently, because there's only five people living in the labor district, um, <laughs> Rebecca immediately runs into someone who can help her. Because yes. birds. 
Now there's yeah. only there's only five named characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's got to be lots of extras to be injured so we can I, be sad about that later. I, I guess they do say they're following the bird, but when you look, the bird actually just basically flies in a straight line. So it's like uh, we would have gone that direction anyway. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, this is how they meet my main man, Paul. <laughs> Uh, this is another very, very stupid character, but I kind of love him. <laughs> He's a very Eden Zero character. Yes. He uh, always has a extremely serious uh, jowly frown on his face. Extremely wide eyes that just make him look like he is always experiencing the most intense moment of his life. My favorite thing about Paul is that like in the final battle, it's almost as if the mangaka realized or had been told to him there was a severe plot hole about why he's even here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just have him shouted out in the background, like, no, I'm here for this other reason. And I was like, okay, I guess that works. <laughs> yes, because uh, Paul, uh, he meets up with them and immediately demonstrates his own ether gear, Steel Hand. He can teleport objects as far as four inches directly into the palm of his hand, which means if he could get close to people, he can uh, swipe it right off of their bodies. He demonstrates this by taking Rebecca's B-Cube and uh, pulling off a Cosima from... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it, the, it, it's the Konosuba. It's the Konosuba. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he steals her panties, and I mention that because it becomes important later because this is an eden zero i I don't know what we we don't expect better of it so it's really hard to judge it exactly (laughs) right up to the line never cross it right up to the line my favorite part was at several points i found myself asking did rebecca ever get those back from her and then i get a definitive answer at one point yeah it it gets directly addressed several times and she's only cognizant of one of them because god damn it rebecca have some situational awareness for five minutes look i adore rebecca she is one of the best characters in the show but she is not very bright She has a wisdom score of seven. Paul reveals that his true intentions, his importance in this scenario is uh, he was uh, a friend of Lady Valkyrie down here in the labor district. And this B-Cube holds the answer to the question of why she came to this planet and why she is never coming back. Oh, and you're expecting it's going to be some Eden Zero nonsense that will easily be solved. Let's see. uh, Let's see what they do with this. This is this is some popcorn nonsense, too, because they're like, oh, yeah, here's a big revelation. Oh, nope, we're going to switch gears. <laughs> <laughs> ah, turns out we have uh, more plot to get back to. Uh, it, remember the guy that we threw into the ceiling? I swear that ceiling gets higher every panel. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, he has access to the satellite laser that can also teleport people. So he's like, I didn't much appreciate you uh, fighting back against me. So I'm going to send you to the deepest layer of the dungeon where the final boss will destroy you in my stead. <laughs> Isn't victory sweet? Ow, where he punched me still hurts. Which is really <laughs> funny because right about here was when I was reading and I'm like, kind of is dumb that they set up this whole point system with the collars and then are going to do absolutely nothing with it because they're already fighting the arc bosses. And then they're like, hey, hey, we remembered. <laughs> We're still yeah, we going to do ba- basically nothing with it, but we remembered. 
We remembered our dumb plot point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, look, the manga has an attention span as short as Shiki's. What can I say? We get introduced to uh, the other member of the... Oh, they have a name. It's like Kitaitsun's... It, it's something. Yeah, they, they, it's the three quirky mini bosses. Of which we have BDSM Man, Otaku Man, and now Lion Man, who is very fast. The Scourge of Heaven, the Fists of Heaven, and the Axe of Heaven. Mm-hmm. Which, weird naming convention, but... <laughs> well, Madam, Madam That is a, a pretty inflated sense of self, so because they are <laughs> her... Uh, her people enforcers yeah. yeah also i just want to point out that uh we haven't mentioned bdsm man's name yet it's garo like garot <laughs> and i'm like yes. that on the nose is ever eaten zero <laughs> <laughs> never change <laughs> i just really like this interaction <laughs> it's like how do we reveal that this uh big guy with the big heavy axe is actually the fastest dude uh have bdsm man say hey baku how long have you been there oh i just showed up that's how fast i am Anyway, what do you want? Madam Kurinai is calling a meeting. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't pay off right now. Yeah, but not they really. Get, they get dumped in the... That doesn't really pay off later, let's be honest. Lots of things in this arc don't seem to pay off, I'm going to be completely honest. But they are <laughs> dumped in the cavern of the biggest of the stones, which is what we call the monsters that have stones on them. Uh, this one uh-huh. big boy, he very hard... Let, wait, retake that. No. <laughs> Damn it! He's covered in hard stones. <laughs> he, he sure is. This monster hunter looking ass. Yeah, I love this design. It's so cool. It is really cool because, like, it it's got a fairly standard like quadrupedal shape. Kind of looks like um, I can't remember what they're called, but the uh the big like uh electric um sort of pangolin looking ones from. Uh, monster hunter it's like one of those except uh instead of having a traditional head it's this like flared cone of more of these glittering black scales and it looks really neat yeah this looks like a monster hunter boss but um that is an elder dragon right there yeah. i like the i like the counter shading i mm-hmm. i really like how shiki immediately thinks it's a bug and then has to have Hamura talk him out of it being a bug it looks more like a big cat Yep. <laughs> okay, if you say it's not a bug, then I'm not going to be afraid of it. And I'm like, that's a really weird insectophobia. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only got four legs. It can't be a bug. You know what? You're right. <laughs> All right. Time to fight this thing. Gravity fist. Snake strike. Ow, my knuckles. Ah, my sword's broken. <laughs> All right. Total rock. Yep. Really hard. <laughs> and unfortunately, can summon mosquitoes. And then Shiki's like, no, I don't want to fight bugs. <laughs> and then Hamura tries yeah. to lie to him about them being bugs. The birds. <laughs> but the birds. The birds. It's l- too late. Luckily, by sheer happenstance, Rebecca's here. <laughs> Rebecca is here with Paul and also Pino. P- Pino's here too. <laughs> well, uh, not for nothing. You can presume that this this is dumb justification, but you can presume Paul had his little bird scout for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, the reason he didn't immediately give the re- uh, big revelatory B-cube to Rebecca was he did get a little call from the bird of like, ah, oh, there's something happening. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact they're in the deepest dungeon. How did they get there? Yeah, <laughs> like they got teleported directly into the deepest dungeon 
and they got there. They got there too fast, but who cares? There's a justification for it, so you can squint past it. And we're gonna get to uh, the first of two scenes where Rebecca gets to be fucking awesome. So you know what? I'm gonna. I'm not gonna care that they shouldn't have gotten there that fast. Okay, can't really think of a good place to weave this in, so I'm just gonna say it. The big rock monster also has a fucking laser breath weapon. It's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, Rebecca's like, you know, why do you guys need help? It's just a bunch of little bugs. And then she sees the big monster on her boss and she has an appropriate reaction. <laughs> they do a team attack. It's attack the weak point for massive damage. <laughs> yeah, it's attack the weak point for massive damage. But everybody, including Shiki, though Shiki doesn't do much, is involved uh, taking the monster down. Uh, but Rebecca gets like the biggest like moment of it like she's sort of the crux of the plan and one thing that i couldn't help but notice in our previous section is when we were first introduced to the characters rebecca was presented as you know i mean shiki's the main character he's better in a direct fight than she is but rebecca was presented as not simply a damsel in distress someone who can really handle herself and there has been a little bit of badass decay with rebecca where she hasn't done a lot she's kind of needed to get bailed out more often than she's done cool things over the course of it. Well, boy, howdy, did that get fixed here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rebecca is just awesome. Yeah, I freaking I freaking love this because um, after Pino uh, completes scanning, the big monster uh, discovers that uh, there is, in fact, a less hard weak point on its back uh, that can be uh, served as a critical hit point. Uh, and since Homer's sword was damaged and it'll take her a while to put, put out enough ether to fully restore it, uh, here we go. I'm going to use it as a springboard to launch you into the air. And so, Rebecca, so that Rebecca can get over the monster to strike the weak point for massive damage. Because Ushiki uh, currently passed out from bug fear. There's nobody that can fly. <laughs> uh, Rebecca's not quite got enough uh, ups to... Uh, do it so uh shiki recovers just in time to give her a little bit of extra uh, a little bit of a mid-air boost looks really cool like he he jumps up and foot to foot springboards off of her so she can jump higher which is neat it's also the first place where yeah that thing that happened before wasn't just a konosuba reference <laughs> it's brought up again because <laughs> shiki looks directly up her skirt and passes out again <laughs> quick two panel joke aside uh, Rebecca finds the weak point and delivers, uh, and she and Happy deliver a huge blast into it, weakening it further, uh, letting Shiki grab it, give a big, uh, suplex to slam it down, and Homura finishes it off with the final stab. And it's really, really cool. It's just a sick fight. And that was enough metal to cover, uh, Homura and Shiki's, uh, debt and then some. Or mm -hmm. is it? It went all the way back down to zero. We've done it. Excellent. Now we can get out of reset. Ding. I'm sorry, what? Yep. And then this is where Paul reveals he could have used his thieving powers to take off their necklaces at any point. Well, to be fair, he literally just showed up in the middle of a massive they, combat situation. They, they but... could have just ran away from the boss is the thing, though. Yeah, <laughs> but then they couldn't have done the cool fight. Okay. <laughs> Matt, we're here for dumb action. Oh, okay. I, I, I won't say anything else for the rest of the episode. <laughs> no. Look, it's also fun to point out all the ways in which the popcorn isn't as good as steak, okay? Yeah, and then he also gives um, 
Hamura the B cube that's like, and then this will reveal the secret of Valkyrie. Oh, by the way, we're gonna cut back to um Madame uh, Kuranai, who has now got the guy she burned the face of as a like chained up man sir man in the iron masked this dude and he's now just a pet like on the ground like a dog because mm-hmm. um I... <laughs> we have to make her eviler garot learned it from watching someone yep <laughs> except also now the second that the team is done with the labor district plot line because they've revealed that the the points don't matter um Conveniently, just at that exact second, Madam Kerr and I is also done with the labor district plotline and is going to blow it up. I've got another source of revenue. I'm going to take the Eden Zero from uh, from under Drake and Joe's nose, so I don't need the labor district anymore. Nuke it all to ashes! M- Madam Kerr and I, the, the Eden Zero would be a one-time revenue stream, and we did say it was worth 10 years of mining, but the mine can you continue could also- being... You, you could get the Eden Zero and continue mining. No, I'm evil. It's funny because this is all in service of, of making her out to be an evil asshole. And the things that we learn later are so much worse. They didn't need that. <laughs> Just an ed- endless parade of worse and worse things that she does. <laughs> and uh, it's here where we get the uh, the backstory uh, as Paul has given the B cube over to Homura. Can, can we talk about how the first two pages of here really build up the melodrama? <laughs> oh yeah, Homura's running away crying, mm-hmm. and like it's revealing that they had opened up the B cube and watched the video together. And we get Rebecca going like, oh, "Is this the truth about Valkyrie?" And we have like Shiki in the back going, like, "What?" And yeah, <laughs> b- both of them are in like wide-eyed shock. Make sure the audience is sufficiently prepared for how tragic this backstory is. <laughs> and I'm I'm just sitting here like there's no way they're justifying this. <laughs> this is going to be solvable. We we get a flashback to Feudal Japan Planet. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's stuff that we strictly speaking already knew, but it goes into detail on uh, Homer's backstory. Uh, this is also this is also where we get the the title page of <laughs> the plot point, which, to be fair, is also mentioned out loud in this chapter. Like, if you didn't have that, you would still get that plot point. Yeah. But... So basically, the the long and short of it is, Hamora is a orphan in mm-hmm. feudal Japan, is what this planet is themed. Her father was killed in the war and her mother went off to uh, earn some money uh, ostensibly to send back home. And as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, wait a fucking second. <laughs> and Valkyrie was, I, I presume she fought on feudal Japan's side. Oh, that's yeah, we clear. No, we knew this. That was something okay. that was stated in the previous section. Um, uh, cause, um, the, the reason why Valkyrie and Homura even know each other is Valkyrie had won a battle and then found the orphaned Homura. Uh, it would help if there was less than a year in between reading these <laughs> yeah. sections. Yeah. This picks up when they've already got the student mentor mm-hmm. uh, relationship. Okay. Yeah, and then we find out that feudal Japan is full of racist dicks, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not really. It's just these three kids. <laughs> well, there's some old, there's some there's, there's some, some old ladies, gossip, some gossipy old ladies who are just like, 
Oh, that poor girl. She lost her parents, so now she has to have a machine as her mother. Ugh. Hey, well, hey, I'm going to be a small pedantic child about this. Valkyrie isn't my mother. She's my mentor. Besides, what's it matter that she's a machine? Yeah. Honestly, the ratio of people who don't see robots as people to people who aren't complete assholes seems about about the same as most other places. Because, like, various incidents that, like, establish that Amra cares very deeply for Valkyrie, but their relationship isn't mother-daughter, it's teacher-student, you know, and nobody seems to want to respect, one, Valkyrie is a person, two, uh, that, you know, what their actual relationship is, um, and, like, there, there's, like, a, there's, like, a, I don't know if they call him a mayor, but he's functionally a mayor. He's a magistrate. Pomera uh, is is being harassed by his son because we got to get that plot point in. And she beats the idiot up. God, there are so many parallels to the freaking One Piece episode. Jeez. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this one's popcorny, so it's just insane. Yeah. yeah, it's just cartoonish. I like the one round guy with no neck in the little squad of gremlins who who just keeps saying i want to touch valkyrie's boobs i want to touch the boobies <sighs> to be fair this is probably an 11 year old child so yeah. yeah not excusing the behavior but it's yeah not to excuse the behavior it's just there's a reason yeah but uh all of this ultimately they're, they're, calm they're trying to convince homer to give them Valkyrie because she's a robot. She's just an object. And unfortunately, a fight breaks out and the magistrate's son is injured. So he kind of comes up and they're both Valkyrie and Hamura are sentenced up there on charges. And basically magistrate's just like, look, it's unfortunate. My son things, is a spoiled idiot. <laughs> things came to blows, but like a fight happened. So it's kids being kids, but just, hey, the person who started it can just apologize and we can move on. And then Hamura's like, I will never apologize. This idiot was the one who was being disrespectful and I'll do it again. He should, uh, well, specifically, uh, her thing is he's the one who should apologize. Valkyrie tells Hamura directly, you should apologize. You have been trained to fight. And you're stronger. You should have known better. You, you you are the person who is responsible in the situation. And her response is, you know, they made fun of my mommy. And it's just like, Amara, I get where you're coming from, but that's not an answer, girl. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. real important thing to learn is if the person you're defending doesn't want you to fight for them, you're kind of being a dick. <laughs> yeah. I understand your feeling of uh, righteous justice, but sometimes you just need to swallow the poison. Sometimes despite the fact you really want to help someone, they don't want your help, and it just becomes a selfish action. You know, props to the magistrate, because once the squabbling children are taken away, he says to Valkyrie, look, you need to control your kid better. She's not my kid. You know what I'm getting at. And also, I really should have been a better parent as well. And I, I like that the magistrate's point of view to her, she takes in a very hurtful way, but he's kind of just genuinely saying, like, look, I... There's just a thing about unconditional love that you might not get. like, no matter how much of a dick my kid is, I can't just abandon him. You could always just take the person because she doesn't even claim to have a mother daughter relationship. She does not claim to have adopted this child. He's kind of saying like, 
there is no expectation for you to always care for her. So that unconditional love isn't there. He's he's really mature and quite frankly, really nice about the whole because like he knows it was my kid who started this. I know that Homura's righteous anger isn't really misplaced. But he's really, you know, it, it's really a matter of um, just keep her under control. You're not really her mom. She, so she needs to know she can't start fights was really what he was trying to say. Like, yeah, I, I don't care. Someone started it. Apologize. And we move on. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and the thing that Valkyrie kind of takes away from all of this, the worst you could say of the magistrate is that it's coming from a place of ignorance because he really means nothing by it. But like, you know, Valkyrie is like, but I do unconditionally love Homer and kind of think of myself as her mother. Oh, crap. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, it's then that Valkyrie decided that she was going to go and find Homer's real mother. So she left a note and uh, went to Planet Median to talk with my girl, Xiaomi. <laughs> this is this is the scene where <laughs> Xiaomi mentions in passing, by the way, a cat stole the note. Crap. <laughs> now it looks like I left without a word. Damn it. Oh, whatever. Once I find her mother and come back, it won't be a problem. Yeah, about that. What are you trying to do? She wants Homer needs a mother, her real mother. And I love the smug look on Xiaomei's face. <laughs> like, oh, 100% Xiaomei's is like, haha, little do you know you are her real mother. <laughs> and, uh, and it's going to tragically occur to both of you when it's too late. What we get here is that Madam That is uh, actually Homura's mother, which, I mean, dun dun dun! All honesty, props to uh, the art style of Eden Zero. You can't, when they have the panel of the two of them. A close-up between the two of them. Yeah, a close-up between the two of them and uh, two half-page uh, panels. There is actually a family resemblance. Like, yeah, it's they, the kind... They definitely have two features really big in common. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, every female character has those two features in common. I meant other things. Yeah. It does help that uh, her hair is kind of let down and wild, whereas uh, the mother's hair has always been like tightly pulled up in a bu- uh, like a bun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this weird bow arch thing. Well, it's like a traditional... Um, I, I think know. it's a Chinese style. I, I was going to say Chinese. I, I didn't know for sure, so I didn't want to. I think it's a Chinese style. Uh, hey, listeners, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I very well could be. Yes, all you Eden Zero scholars out there, tell us the exact <laughs> country of origin. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so now that uh, this terrible revelation has been made, uh, let's take a quick break as we uh, deal with the fallout of this in a very extended scene of chaos. <laughs> so we'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left our heroes. Uh, shock, gasp, horrible revelations. Madame Kerr and I, the evil tyrant ruling over uh, Sun Jewel with a laser of death, is Homura's mother. <gasps> okay, so there are three options here that we're going to run through. Uh-huh. 
Place your bets, place your bets. Place your bets. Over the course of this chapter, we go through each of them in turn of what's the most likely. Option number one, there is something sad and or tragic keeping Homero's mother from her. Second, she has been uh, corrupted by wealth that she would be able to uh, bring back to her daughter and has uh, uh, lost the forest for the trees. Or three, she's gone out for, for some cigarettes. I, I gotta say, how sappy this backstory was with uh, the mom. I legitimately thought I just misread <laughs> the <laughs> ending of the last thing where it was like, the mother is the queen. I'm like, oh, maybe it just meant that the mother is located on the planet she's at. But then how was that? <laughs> like, I... I could not connect these two being the same character. Yeah, uh, because we open up the next chapter with um, seeing Kur and I in a much lower state, uh, raggedy and in the labor district with a slave collar on and a ridiculously high number on it. As uh, Valkyrie is uh, speaking with her, saying that I've come to bring you uh, back to Homera. Oh, my daughter. So she is still alive. Unfortunately, you can't bring her here, and I can't go there. This place is ruled by the lecherous Baron Mordo. <laughs> Baron Mordo. Mordo. I wish we could have seen a character design of him, because I bet it would have been Drak and Joe, dear. But, <laughs> but uh, thankfully, Paul is here. <laughs> because yeah, Valkyrie... this, is, this is how Paul met Valkyrie. Well, he's already met her, because uh, as Paul uh, explains... Uh, Valkyrie beat the crap out of him when he tried to steal from her, and he's like, I now respect you. I'm glad to be your student. I never agreed to be your mentor. I'm glad to be your student. Anyway. <laughs> Wait a second. If you can remove collars, Paul, why do you still have your collar on? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. You see, the dumb Baron, leader of this stupid planet, doesn't realize that when you kill monsters, he teleports away all the metal. But there's actually sometimes rarely a crystal there that's super valuable. So I steal that and I'm making a hefty profit on the side. It's like, and then Kerr and I just goes, hmm, yes, this is information I will forget if I ever become in a position of power. So you're telling me this can be even more profitable. Are you, you're telling me all the work here could be done by one Australian gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Saxton Hale. No, you can't bring Homura here, and you can't take me away from here to go to Homura because Mordo's men will never let me go. They'll go after her. So long as I wear this collar, uh, I have to pay back this debt. And... Uh, even if you remove it from me, they'll still chase after me because they want the money. And Valkyrie's like, don't worry, because I am the coolest. I'll have Paul remove the uh, slave collar from you, and I will take on your debt. I can easily uh, win enough metal to pay it off, and you can go back to Homera. And we have uh, <laughs> a, a two-year time skip, which uh, calls into belief um, how easily she could pay off the debt. But also, just how insanely high her debt was. Mm -hmm. Her and I uh, says, I will never I'll never forget this uh, kindness, Lady Valkyrie. I'll remember it forever. Two years later, Valkyrie and uh, Paul are having some lunch. And Paul goes, eh, forever is pretty short for that woman, huh? What are you talking about? 
Oh, yeah. You remember Kerr and I? Well, uh, she married Baron Mordo and then killed him in his sleep and inherited all his wealth and took over the planet. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, excellent performance in the first part of this chapter flashback was... Okay, tragic backstory is keeping her from Homura. Now we've gotten into the... Was she, like, corrupted by greed and forgot why she needed money? Uh, and quickly we'll transition to the... Oh, no, no, no. She she left Homura to go get cigarettes. So, I mean, here here's the thing. I wonder, have either of you had to, like, deal with a person you know has a gambling addiction? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's what I got from this, because it's not necessarily that they're lying to you it's just the second they don't have something beating down their back they go right back to it all, all their problems are solved you don't worry about the fact someone's helped you get here because i mean like not for nothing this is homer's mom and like there there's a level of um reading her in the most negative light possible you wonder how they could possibly be related there is that sense of um it's the type of person who, in the moment, can genuinely believe I'm going to go do good and then instantly get distracted with uh, the easy path and completely forget what they were doing. Uh, <laughs> later on, we'll get we'll get uh, dialogue from her that uh, uh, how much of this is true and how much of this is uh, her justifying her actions. But she claims that uh, <laughs> leaving Homura was to go get cigarettes. She definitely does seem to just be a be just kind of a black-hearted person. But uh, mm. to be I, fair, she immediately comes into power, owns the entire thing, and then goes, mm, "Yes, I know exactly what it was like to live in the slave pits of the labor district, and those lazy assholes aren't working hard enough. Triple the output." <laughs> Open up all of the mining doors. Release all of the monsters. Yeah. Uh, so Valkyrie is like, that evil. I am going to kick her ass once I'm done dealing with this swarm of monsters. Everyone go protect the women and children. I'll hold off the horde. I'm the one who freed her. It's my responsibility. By the way, behold my special move. Gates of Babylon. I mean, Odin strike. It's just the gates of Babylon, but. It's it's really cool. <laughs> she creates a whole bajillion ether swords that also explode when she shoots them at the monsters. She also gets rad wings. Yep. Because Valkyrie. And uh, she goes and beats up a truly tremendous amount of monsters, fights for hours and hours, is uh, ripping through them, Kurnai's raking in the dough. I... Gotta say, I love how this is like four pages of cool battle scenes, and then there's just one strip of a panel who's just Kerr and I going like, wow, I've made a lot of money. Those guys really were being lazy down there. I'm a great boss. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we see that despite all of her power and her uh, amazing progress against the swarm, there's too many monsters, and Valkyrie is getting steadily more and more damaged. Until... With one arm bitten off and half of her face destroyed, uh, she f uh, wipes out uh, the swarm and falls to a knee, uh, sword planted in the ground, has a flashback to a young Homera saying, uh, I love my mentor. Uh, come to think of it, I never did say that back, did I? Oh, and then she dies. And uh, 
I never told you. I love you too. Which is really impactful because I only, I assume she's narrating this memory. <laughs> mm. That panel cuts from the past to the present with Homer standing in front of her corpse. And I'm sitting here like, wow, that's, that's the kind of plot point a big boy story does. <laughs> I was not expecting that Eden Zero. Um, yeah. I was sitting here going, Eden Zero, you're a dumb horny fight manga. Why am I feeling things? Yeah, so I, you know how I was saying there's no way they can justify the look on Cheeky and Rebecca's face for the, for the reveal of uh, Valkyrie, why Valkyrie hasn't returned? Um, they kind they of did. And for the rest of this section, and, uh, you know, hopefully you've already read it, because this is a really, really good part of this really good manga. For those of you who are contrarians and get the plot from us, uh, I won't spoil whether or not they do this, but I'm sitting here like, are, are they going to Eden Zero her back to life, or are they going to let this plot point stick? Because the latter would be really impactful and, like, Eden Zero is popcorn. I don't expect them to do the better writing choice, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. We have a whole rest of this plot to go over. But man, it's it's uh, it's honestly a genuinely tragic scene. I mean, like, it's only as sad as you are invested in the characters, and this is a popcorn series, so it's not like I'm crying or anything, but like it it legitimately got to me over the course of honestly all of all of the times that Homura has like you know considered her mentor and flashback to it but especially that you know we've had two chapters of extended flashbacks to get to know valkyrie it really is like losing a character like they did a good job of endearing you to valkyrie you feel homer's loss because yeah homer is there desperately bargaining like wise can fix her or, or sister can heal her there's got to be something we can do and pino's like no her core is stopped the equivalent of a human's heart stopping we also get the whole thing with rebecca when she's kind of just going like okay we're just gonna let her grieve in peace then uh and we get introduced to the fact that the prisoners we saw from earlier are actually part of the secret valkyrie rebellion department mm -hmm. um yeah, this is this is the reason why madam that which is by the way, the reason why I've been calling her that oh. consistently. That's the reason why she's going full nuke on the uh, labor district, because she knows that's happening. Yep, there's the resistance. But then we get my favorite part in this entire reading, which is um, Hamura has... It, we, we get the sun is now setting, so it's been a long time. Hamura's just kind of been crying at Valkyrie's corpse. And Shiki comes up and just goes like, yeah, Valkyrie was really cool. She died protecting so many people that's amazing she's got a kind heart i'm sure we would have been good friends and hamura is just like i i don't know if i can recover from this and shiki's just like that's okay you don't have to today you don't even have to do it like tomorrow but don't say you're never going to get better because you've got a bunch of people around you willing to help you and like when my grandpa died i didn't think i'd get better either but i had a lot of people who helped me along and just you're probably not going to be the same but you just got to keep pushing forward i love shiki so much it's a really good scene i love shiki so much she's great <laughs> yeah yeah it's not like some kind of lesser show that would just try and shout some kind of protagonist make people good ray at... <laughs> it's been a long time since i could make fun of demon slayer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it because Shiki's got this, you know, like 
caring smile on his face the entire time. And he leaves Homura to uh, recover in her own uh, in her own time. And uh, he walks past Paul, who points him in a proper direction. And we get this look of just absolute fury on Shiki's face. Oh, such a good panel. I got that, love it. He's got that shonen protagonist like, yo, yo, some dick make your friend cry. Yo, you want to go pick him up? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ruin a man's life for this one. At which point he immediately does, because the very next scene, Madam That is is uh, talking about how uh, much she loves being evil, and Shiki literally kicks the, the freaking roof down. This scene like, is insane. <laughs> it's so insane, because she's having a, she's having this conversation with, like, uh, Zoidberg, her ward, and the the three heavenly enforcers, and uh, Nino's just like, you're you're really going to nuke the entire, you can't nuke the entire district. There's thousands of people down there. Oh, they aren't making me money anymore. Aha, those fools, they'll all die for this. And then Shiki busts through the window. Someone goes, wait, aren't we on the 12th floor? <laughs> We're not even on the 12th floor. We're on the 120th floor. <laughs> like Shiki busts through the window, poses up in the shattering glass and says, all right, which one of you is Kuranai? It's like, wait, did you hear we're going to kill hundreds of people? No, I heard someone made my friend cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, now this, this is, and like, here's the thing. This is power fantasy done right, because the whole the whole thing that this expresses is that Shiki specifically, but they've all basically been screwing around and playing by the rules. You've pissed me off now. Now I'm not holding back. I'm immediately flying my ass back up there. This is some <laughs> popcorn right here, because this is, is yes, yes. There, this there is, is no lead up to this. This is I'm so strong. I took out the entire floor we're standing on. <laughs> I love it. Shiki's got this like devil look on his face. Like I am taking you to Homura because that is what Valkyrie wanted. Wait, Homura's on this planet. Oh, wow. The little brat's still alive. I'm not going back to her. Shatters the floor, drops the entire building down an entire story. Yeah, no. this is this is at the very least the point where Madam that <laughs> loud claims that she uh, uh, that she ditched Homura to get cigarettes. Mm hmm. And Shiki's like, no, you don't understand. I am taking you to her after I beat you to a pulp. Aha, uh -huh, but the one thing you don't know is I have a whole bunch of robot mooks. Oh, no, you beat all of them in one punch. Well, <laughs> <laughs> There's the fucking, the fucking page of the two of them stands up for, strictly speaking, a fight that doesn't happen, but that freaking page is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, them posed up is a very solid, because that's the uh, last uh, page of that volume, too. So, uh, hell of a cliffhanger. But, uh, yeah, diving right into the next one, she summons forth her robot mooks. Uh, Shiki dumps five bars into his gravity wave and just wipes them all out. The dialogue in this fight. If this was any other manga, we would be mocking it right now. But it's <laughs> Eden Zero, so we expect nonsense. Like, you made Homer a cry, to which... Uh... <laughs> That was tears are the flaw of the week. Winners always wear a smile. Uh-huh. <laughs> Such cheesy bullshit. The she... same smile you stole from Hammer. If it's weak to show tears, then be weak. We'll keep pressing on with that weakness, and someday it will turn into strength. 
Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh. I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's such cheesy bullshit, but I fucking love it. I love the one cutaway panel of Nino who's just like, wait a minute. Just like my animes, this is a <laughs> shonen protagonist speech. <laughs> That's a hundred percent why he's there. Uh, and uh, we need a quick break from that because, uh, again, Shiki dumped like five bars, so we need to rest for a bit. Rebecca goes to uh, see Homura because now nighttime has fallen and uh, the uh, rebellion has heard, wait, he went to go fight Madame Karuna by himself? He's probably going to die, but this is a great moment to rise up. <laughs> Let's do it. And Rebecca goes to find Homer. Like, uh, we need to go reinforce Shiki. I, oh, right. Still in the grieving process. Uh, it's a really sweet moment. Which is then immediately cut with uh, finding out Drac and Joe ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I really like it because uh, Rebecca uh, flashes back specifically to um, Homer's vow to find Valkyrie because there were things that she wanted to tell her. And Homer said, uh, says, so while you've been here, did you say the things that you wanted to? Which kind of wakes Homer out of the funk a little bit. It's like, even though she's dead, uh, your feelings will still reach her. And then Drak and Joe ain't nothing to fuck with! <laughs> Drak and Joe just steals the orbital laser. And then goes, yeah, by the way, I knew you were planning to double cross me, but uh, you're just some gambling addict, so... Uh, <laughs> guess what? I double crossed you first! Oh. <laughs> uh. Uh, and apparently, Kerr and I had a giant war robot that she'd been investing most of her money into. And I think had e she'd even taken a loan out from Draken Joe to make the robot. Because I, I guess when you own a planet, you still get into massive debt with space pirates. That sounds smart. Uh, <laughs> Gambling addict. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the freaking, the Kerr and I dragoon. It's a Gundam! It's even got the uh, blade antenna. Uh, it's not a right. V. So Draken Joe now has a laser that can find any target and attack it from any distance, which amazing. Uh, really weird. It was being used for the purpose it was being used for, but that's <laughs> Eden Zero. Um, <laughs> Speaking of, let's go find that ship. All right, we've got a lock. We're moving in, and uh, now Joe is no longer in the arc. But to be fair, neither is the laser. <laughs> I, I love the last thing we get from him is hand-to-hand -hand combat. We're going in. And then, <laughs> that's and then that payoff. doesn't happen. Because <laughs> that's Eden Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Loki, Jack and Joe's desire to board the Eden Zero actually <laughs> is somewhat critical because it prevents him from interfering in this. Because if he just fired the laser, he would have realized he got duped. Because, spoiler alert, that's not the Eden Zero they latched onto. It was a duplicate hologram. Oh. I love this. I love this manga. It's so stupid. I forget if we look this up or not, and we really should before the next time we do Eden Zero. We need to find out if the mangaka at any point says they literally write the story week to week, because I would not be surprised. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, we get uh, Shiki fighting a mobile suit. Madam, that has to tell you at every uh, opportunity, multiple times per chapter, that it is her mighty night gear, the Kuranai Dragoon. I know what it's called. You can stop telling me now. <laughs> yes, but the night gear, the Kuranai Dragoon, it has an ether coating, so your magic attack, magic attacks will not work on it. Which is convenient, because it turns out her regular guards don't have ether coatings. They're just metal, so they have very high defense. 
but Rebecca's ether bullets just go straight through them. So she's very surprised with how effective she's being in this fight. <laughs> yeah, Rebecca's just like, holy crap, this is working really well. <laughs> no one's doing any damage, and I'm literally one-shotting everything I hit. Amazing. Happy, happy. did we level up like 50 times? No, we just happened to uh, hard counter them. Neat. Let's keep doing it. <laughs> and, uh, oh. and we just get a really insane destructive spectacle of the of the Gundam and Shiki fighting with the Night Dragoon just, or the Kuranai Dragoon just destroying huge swaths of the wealthy district with every move. Shiki even points out, isn't this stupid? I think you're making a bad decision right now. <laughs> Shut up, I will squash you. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this in town. Are you kidding? Doing this in town is so much fun. I'm <laughs> causing so much destruction. You're not very smart, are you? Um, that could be said about a lot of characters in this manga. Lucy, uh, not <laughs> this isn't fairy tale. It's not Lucy. Um, <laughs> Rebecca <laughs> is fighting the lion axe guy, uh, but then realizes she's hard countered by him, which conveniently uh, a masked man is dropped from the sky that we could not know who he possibly is. It's Weiss. It's, he, he sounds exactly <laughs> like Weiss. <laughs> I love this. My name is Arsenal, the weapon-clad steel warrior. Hi, Weiss. My name is Arsenal. Uh, let him have this. Come on. He doesn't no. deserve it. He doesn't uh, deserve you're it. right. He doesn't deserve it. Although I do really uh, like this because, you know, it's a it's an Iron Man suit vaguely stylized after uh, the Demon King. Which, which makes sense because his his ether gear was like manipulating technology. So mm -hmm. this is yeah. the natural conclusion of that. Yeah. Yeah. To have an Iron Man suit that he can modify on the fly in mid-combat. Well, yeah, that sounds really powerful. So let's give it a completely unnecessary weakness. Oh, I know. <laughs> I love this because um, as he's uh, as he's fighting, uh, it flashes back to why he's there, why he left the Eden Zero. Uh, turns out sister really, really likes Rebecca. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I'm pretty I, sure this is new information. I don't remember this coming up before. Look how cute she is. I made her my lock screen. <laughs> That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but wait, do you love her or me more, Moskoy? Her! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Poor Moskoy. Now let me finish before you break my heart. <laughs> The, the thing I really like about this is uh, it's the Arsenal suit Mark one. Uh, and it's like, oh, so they're going to iterate on this. Neat. In all honesty, the, the justification for why he doesn't just auto win here <laughs> is fair. Uh, the, he's, too, a, he's too busy Sentai posing and the reactor only has so much ether in it. <laughs> I do like the part where they do. They pull a nothing personnel kid. <laughs> I, and I also love this because it's like, aha, so the beast man shows himself, Baron Von Lyon. That's not my name. And then everyone just keeps calling him Baron Von Lyon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, during the fight, the uh, the ether gets uh, depleted and uh, basically sets him on a time limit to finish the fight, which and uh, we, we finish it with a uh, big punch Metallica Ooh. explosion. Metallica explosion is a pretty good name. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but gear shutting down. Yeah, and unfortunately, when the suit is out of power, the natural conclusion would be it completely dismantles and leaves him naked. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? 
<laughs> I love him just standing there, arms folded, because he hasn't noticed yet. <laughs> just like, oh no, my secret identity. Anyway, where's Shiki and Homura? Where are your clothes? What do you mean? My clothes? <laughs> oh my god, I'm naked. I I love the back and forth where he's just like, okay, I am literally completely naked. Please just give me your skirt. We'll solve this problem later. And Rebecca's just like, no, why would I do that? Oh no, why would I do that? Because in case you've forgotten, reader, because it's been like, if you're reading this week to week, it's literally been like a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um, they flash back to the Kodosuba reference, which is still in play, apparently. Rebecca's not wearing underwear. So uh -huh. uh, conveniently, there happens to be <laughs> an armory. <laughs> oh, armory. But they also mention it has women's clothes and fashionable men's clothes. Yep. Well, they're battle suits is what they are, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's convenient. definitely what it looks like Weiss is wearing when we're done It's with Eden them. Zero. What do you expect battle suits to look like? <laughs> Not that. <laughs> oh, hey, and while you two are in there, could you get us some extra ammo? Sure. Uh, uh, we go back to Shiki fighting a robot. He, mm -hmm. does, he does that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Shiki... It's a cool fight. He fights the boss. Yeah, Shiki's... Uh... Uh, gravity powers are put uh, to some odd uh, applications here because um, uh, with the ether coding, he can't actually affect the gravity of the uh, of the mighty night gear, Kuranai Dragoon itself. So while he's getting ground into the floor by its fist, he increases the uh, gravity of the floor, shattering it to get into the lower, uh, the lower floor of the uh, poor district city. He gravity accelerates his punch. And then uh, I, I thought a lot of the stuff that he did uh, was eh, justifiably lo uh, logical uh, stuff. The, <laughs> he turned off his ether gear at the last minute. Like it's a punch regardless. I don't know. Yeah, because that that implies that if his ether gear was on, the momentum it wouldn't have is, worked. The momentum yeah. is canceled out by the ether coding, which I guess if you're go because again, Eden Zero is space fantasy, so I guess that makes sense. It's like if you had an anti magic shield. Yeah, it's technically it just, a magic attack. It yeah, it, it, it goes by it, Pokemon rules. It hits special defense. Yeah. It turns the bludgeoning damage of his punch into force damage. Whatever gamified explanation you want, because dear God, is Eden Zero gamified all the way down? <laughs> Funnily enough, I think the least gamified section of Eden Zero is when they went to the video game planet, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just really liked the opportunity for uh, Shiki to have to get a bit more creative with his uh, gravity application since he couldn't just walk around with uh, the opponent itself. Yeah, it's a good fight. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, Weiss and Rebecca are changing. Mm -hmm. oh, no, really quick, I want to mention uh, part of the banter between Kur and I and Shiki because she's like, "What? Uh, what are you expecting? Some touching reunion between me and Homura? Is that, or do you want the girl to take her rage out on me? You know what? I don't really care what happens once I get you there. All I know is that this was Valkyrie's wish, and I am taking up that torch." Oh, and then they and then they start trying to debate philosophy, and it's a lot of words exchanged. Anyway, mm -hmm. Rebecca and uh, Wise are changing, and who damn? <laughs> and what ultimately I mean, ends up becoming one of my favorite scenes in this section, and not for the reasons you'd think. I know what 
I know that you were talking about why is this like business casual wear, Matt, but also Rebecca's outfit is ridiculous. See, Rebecca's outfit, I at least believe, is a battle suit. Weiss is a collared short shirt with white buttons and, like, nice dress pants that have... <laughs> I I see, thought they were, like, bows, but are actually just black stripes. See, I don't... I don't know if those are supposed to be the battle gear. Like it, they specifically say women's battle gear when Rebecca asks, uh, because she wants some panties on. God damn it! Um, so I think that's just supposed to be actual, like normal clothes for Weiss. It also doesn't explain why this really nice outfit is in the hyper poor labor district. Uh, that's what I said earlier, but I was told <laughs> that was battle gear, so I'm just pointing out. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, Weiss is lock, uh, locked in the uh, in the changing room for this uh, for this scene, so don't worry about it. <laughs> That's Eden Zero for you. And then our boy uh, Nino shows up. Um, he's like, "All right, with my admin controls, I can turn off all of the weapons down here and lock up this armory." And wait a minute, Rebecca, why are you here? I'm part of the resistance. Oh, well. Uh, crap i'm part of the enforcers so i have to beat the crap out of you now that sucks uh could you not uh yeah i also gotta do my job i am far more scared of madam that than i am of you he also has a weird kind of thing where he's just like look i'm uh, currently being an antagonist to your shonen action hero thing so if you want to save the universe you do have to fight me mm-hmm I I fully believe that his internal justification is she's clearly the protag here. I need to be as anime as possible. Which <laughs> as he then proceeds to do. He reveals that he is actually a siren from uh, Borderlands. Wow, that keeps coming up, doesn't it? Because he, he unveils his psychic stand arms. That can always block bullets. Look, it ends up not really mattering because this is sort of a one and done fight, but it is really cool for all of that. Rebecca tries to shoot him. It doesn't work. Yeah. And more importantly, Rebecca gets the flashback of, um, hey, wait a second. I'm fighting a B-Cuber who uses his fist. And that dude earlier was fighting some fast animal thing, I guess. <laughs> that reminds me of... The Colosseum on the Time Planet. Wait a minute. And Cheeky was fighting a metal man. Fighting a metal metal man then. So if he's currently fighting a big metal man, cut back to the fight where Shiki has gone full Goku and torn off his shirt. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, say what you will about Eden Zero, and there is a lot to say, but the fan service is equal opportunity. Rebecca, as she's getting knockout punched by the uh, Super Fist, is like wait a second, and Homura had to fight a copy of Valkyrie. Xiaome knows the future. Did she set up that tournament to foreshadow what's happening here? Wait a minute, how did I win my fight? Right, the kick. To be fair, Rebecca does repeatedly say, how did I win my fight? Ah, with my bare feet. My feet. And I'm like, God damn it, please no, Nino, no, please no. Nino, don't be <laughs> creepy. Don't be creepy. <laughs> and that's not it. Because uh, I really like this because she gets punched. She over the course of like falling to the ground from the punch, she has this revelation and then uh, reverses back to just before the punch hit and realizes she has awoken her own ether gear. Oh, I fucking love this. Yeah. 
so freaking cool because uh then it's like punch resumes and it's like no the final blow wait a minute my punch didn't make contact wait she jumped out of the way what is and rebecca's like all right i have my own ether gear now which allows me to move really fast i'm, I'm not sure i'm still figuring this out anyway Hey, Nino, you remember that one uh, episode of the Magical Girls show we bonded over where the heroine kicks the guy who was uh, acting ridiculous and knocks him back to his senses? She Save the universe, right? Bell Holly Slash! And she kicks him in the face. And as he's flying through the air, I love this so much. He's like, that's the exact name from the manga. It's okay. I like the manga better anyway. But... Me too. <laughs> and I thought this was really cool. Except after Rebecca tells you that she's naming her new power Leaper because it gives her the power to leap. Zhao Mei shows up in her sea of stars going like, mm, yes, she's finally awakened the power of Leaper at last. But it has more secrets. And I'm like, I swear to God, if this is going to do dumb meta bullshit. <laughs> Eden Zero, stop it. I know what it is. It's it's a uh, metaphorical power of leaping. How did she reverse time after getting hit by the knockout punch? She leapt backwards through time. Huh. Yeah, if, if this does dumb metaphorical bullshit, <laughs> yeah, like what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's good. It, I'm I'm looking forward to it. That's that's awesome. Rebecca is now a sidereal. And, oh, and there's the and, exalted reference. Yep, and Cheeky just says things are gravity themed, and then is good at them. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's where he is Popcorn right now. Shonen. Yep, he's just like I'm now going to use the gravity of water to make it ice. I don't <laughs> care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and now using audio acoustic cooling. Oh my god! Fire Force at least acknowledges it's stupid at times. <laughs> oh. A character in Fire Force who can control the velocity of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> just insane. Uh, so okay. now uh the next chapter has um my least favorite uh start to a fight but then my most favorite end <laughs> because uh homer hearing the sounds of battle is like an anime battle i should get in there why can't i move Blech. at which point bdsm man walks up and says mm, yes the slow acting poisons have finally kicked in after the fast acting poisons worked on you earlier <laughs> i want you to know i've always thought kuranai was a bitch i'm glad i can take out my frustrations on her with her daughter i also have a weird mommy complex thing for her so that might also be where this is coming from i'm really creepy on multiple levels now watch as I molest Valkyrie's corpse. Gonna be as evil as uh, possible. Mm -hmm. And Homura is just growing steadily more enraged, but she is paralyzed, so she can't get up to actually kick his ass. Get some really great panels of her just growing increasingly furious, though. Um, but uh, she's uh, not so paralyzed. She can't use her arms, which means her ether gear works. And I freaking love this she unlocks the gates of babylon i mean odin strike <laughs> and you're thinking all right cool she used the the final move uh she has defeated him now but what's this she didn't actually seem to hit him even with all those explosions oh no now he's run in and tied her up her ether gear doesn't work anymore 
what happens now? How does she get out of this? Is someone else going to have to show up and save her? At which point Homer is just like, hey, uh, <laughs> notice Valkyrie's... how Valkyrie's sword isn't there anymore. Wait, the sword that she was leaning on this entire time in her death pose. Where did it? Wait. Did you knock the that away with your super move? How does that help you? At all? Where did it go? And he looks up just in time to see it fall and pierce through his f***ing heart. What the f*** was this panel? Like, wow. Awesome is what it is. <laughs> I, I was not expecting this. Because this this manga loves cutting around the blood and like or just straight up not showing it even as people are getting maimed and that's like part of the reason why robots are such prevalent characters they don't have they don't have they blood don't, yeah they don't bleed at least not the way that humans do and then in like full silhouette uh, against a white background the sword falls stabs straight through him spraying everywhere it's so cool. Oh, he, he's vile enough. He deserved uh, that indulgent of a death scene. Mm hmm. Oh, I, I mean, this in the nicest way possible. Is he actually dead? I have no reason to believe otherwise. Oh, he's still talking last time he's on screen. <laughs> and I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's dead. The, the kind of manga Eden Zero is. I could also see him not being dead, but they they might bring him back to knock him down again but they also might not bring him back at all they could just say he didn't die <laughs> like that's that's all i'm saying is well yeah yeah because they you don't want the characters killing like you don't want the protagonists killing people uh have to finish off the fight with the kurenai dragoon with the <laughs> the final quick time cutscene battle <laughs> that really do be what this is i yeah. really I, I, I really liked this <laughs> but look by this point i was so like uh hyped up after the way uh Garou died that i was like all right i'm 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 a thousand percent in i was already having a good time now i'm having a great time how is shiki gonna beat this big robot <laughs> i i just loved how the heat seeking missile is chasing him and then when he finally jumps back the panel of him landing on her view screen just teabagging going I like then how about this and she's like what <laughs> I love that panel so much. If it wasn't for like the next two pages, it'd be my favorite panel in this reading. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, Shiki's like, oh yeah, the, that's probably not going to actually damage you, is it? Well, don't worry. I've got an idea. And he grabs the missile, channels its kinetic energy into his gravity powers, increasing the gravity of himself to shatter straight through the robot, destroying the entire thing in a glorious uh, multi-page explosion. And then he's sitting there, just, he's channeled so much gravity ether through him. He's now glowing with ether gear runes. And she's he, like, and has, and has horns sprouting from his head made out of more ether gear. And I'm like, holy My mech beaten by a mere human. Wait, are you really human? And I'm like, probably not at this point. Like, <laughs> no, that's a demon king right there. Oh, oh God, I loved the end of this so much. Uh, but now that uh, all the bosses have officially been defeated, it's time for our uh, denouement. Shiki's also not wearing clothes because I guess we're going to have that joke for the fourth time this arc. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's at least got his pants on. He's just shirtless absolutely rocking it <laughs> boy is wide 
<laughs> oh, and uh, Shiki uh, presents Kur and I to uh, Homura. Mm-hmm. The uh, the masses of uh, I suppose now freed slaves are are like, uh, oh boy, all the terrible things we're going to do to you. And Shiki says, no, Homura is the one who should decide what what to do with her. Are you sure? I mean, she did kind of oppress us for a long time. Uh, well, isn't I really Val- like how the crowd is kind of not on board with this, but it's just, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. When Paul, the old man, and Shiki are all like, let Homer decide. They're like, okay. Well, what really convinces them is uh, Paul mentions that considering it's what Valkyrie would have wanted because Homer is not only Kuranai's daughter, but also Valkyrie's uh, star Dude. pupil. They, they do give the caveat that, um, hey, since we're letting you make a decision for a group of people, uh, <laughs> you don't get to pity her. Like that, that is a thing you can do on an individual basis. That's off the table for representing others. And she seems to be okay with that. Like, oh yeah, no, mm-hmm. Homer is absolutely fine with that. Kurnai does what you expect. Uh, she she goes right in for the, oh, I'm so remorseful. Oh, Homer, my daughter, you, you've grown so strong. Please, you wouldn't hurt me, right? No, Homura has a really based reaction. You gave birth to me. For that, I'm grateful. Other than that, you abandoned me, so I don't care about you. Because the best part is she has one final test, and she takes out the toy that was her only connection. It was something her mom gave her before she left. And Kuranai has no idea what that thing is. And she's like, oh, wow, this was really important to me. But if you don't give a shit about it, I don't give a shit about it, and I don't give a shit about you. And it's just, I literally feel nothing towards you. So I can't do anything in this case. All I ask is that you stay out of my life forever. And her very polite words and her absolute soul-freezing death glare. Beautiful juxtaposition kind of shitty for your representing the group of people she's been murdering like yeah don't worry it uh it all comes around because Kerr and i runs into the forest and like yes i'm still mustache twirling the evil i will uh not let this setback stop me i'm just going to get more power and then gets clubbed in the face aha uh-huh. Not for nothing, but the crowd was watching this all take place. Probably not in earshot, but saw the direction she was running. I have a feeling that they knew what was going to happen because they don't try to intercept her. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably they also said they'd respect Hamura's decision, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Homura's decision is you can go off. Like you're in the middle of a uh, uh, place with people that hate you. You can go off and get yourself killed. I don't care. Just stay out of my life forever. That's real easy, because, hey, you remember the pretty boys she named? Well, it's it's apparently an entire gang of pretty boys she's maimed. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was mentioned, so. I gotta say, my man with his cool skull mask, looking great. Like, seriously. rocking it. Cool cool skull mask, biker leathers, uh, futuristic metal baseball bat. Uh, He and his boys capture her, and it's like, oh, no. You crazy old hag. I'm not going to kill you. You're going to be our pet. Call it karmic retribution. Man, Cedric, you know some fancy words. <laughs> That's like Umbridge being dragged into the woods by the centaur's level of fridge horror in terms of what's going to happen to her. 
this this arc has a very dark ending. <laughs> yep. Then uh, Zhao Mei has to hop in and give us spoilers for, um, don't worry, they're going to freely elect a democracy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> many, many years in the future. <laughs> Everything will be solved eventually. There's going to be democratic elections. It's going to become a highway for adventurers. It's still a very profitable planet. It's going to be uh, a, uh, a touchstone of galactic civilization. Oh, wait, I've gotten too far. Right back to the Eden Zero. Where the crew is discussing the morality of bringing someone back to life that they totally could do very easily. <laughs> I, I I liked this. Uh, this oh, story. no, I love this. Because this is very much the point of, um, boy, it would really go against the entire thes thesis statement of your series if you had a, had a backup file and just made Valkyrie alive again. And Eden Zero has the maturity to not do that. I was shocked and pleased. Mm-hmm. Can we can we just get over Hermit just spouting science words though in the middle as her justification? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yes, we cannot reproduce neurotransmitters such as endorphins and dopamine. I'm like, sure, but like, <laughs> um, even if we did uh, upload the perfect record of her memories, she would it wouldn't be the same person. She would have none of the emotional context behind any of it. It would be meaningless to her at that point. It's an entirely different person with false memories. Yeah. Which in all honesty is the right narrative call. I didn't expect this popcorny series to actually just kill off a character that important. Mm -hmm. It goes on to once again, go with the mature decision of no, Valkyrie is definitely good and proper dead because Homura steps up and says, I will take her place. Mm -hmm. I will fill the role that she had. Or if I can't, then I'll grow into it. And Shiki continues his running theme of it turns out he and Grandpa had had a conversation about this exact situation that I just <laughs> remember now that it's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, Grandpa Ziggy talking about how... Uh, uh, Despite the robots can die. That's why they have hearts, really, is the jux mm -hmm. of it. <laughs> yep. And uh, <laughs> I really like the response to uh, Homer's declaration that she'll become the new Valkyrie because it's like, can, can we have a human be one of the shining stars? There's nothing that says we can't. Okay. <laughs> Moskoy was hoping to get the job. <laughs> and uh, hey, what about Drake and Joe coming after them? Eh, it was a hologram. Yeah, that's the point where this is revealed. Because, <laughs> like, the entire time, it's like, I was like, is Kuranai fighting Drak and Joe going to be the reason why there's not a boss fight on the Eden Zero? Because we shouldn't be fighting Drak and Joe yet. And no, it turns out it was a hologram all along. Okay! I thought that was going to be the case, too, and I was low-key hoping that was going to be what, what it was. But eh, I guess this works, too. <laughs> it's much more important that we get the emotional resonance in as uh, Sister and Hermit are talking on the deck and um because no, i mean not, not sisters have well sisters having a perfectly reasonable like i mean she's in the bargaining stage of grief is uh, mm -hmm. what it is yeah i i called um enchantress by the wrong name that's what happened uh, they have and, they have very nondescript names to my credit <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yes you are correct in that assessment the easiest one is to remember a sister because she has the nun outfit they just have a moment accepting that someone who's been in their lives for I, th I believe centuries is gone forever and they're not getting her back mm -hmm. yeah also, also the 
weird captain guy was just watching this going like, Shit, I don't know these people. Uh, yeah. This is weird. <laughs> I feel like I'm in shooting. I'm just going to leave. I'm just hopefully they forget I'm on the ship. <laughs> these two pretty ladies crying. No, I'm leaving. <laughs> and yeah, that's uh, that's Eden Zero <laughs> back once again. Ah, so, as we always do with uh, Shonen series, uh, favorite character and favorite fight. Ah, God, I really want to say Homer is my favorite character, but I love Shiki. He's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many moments that just further reinforced why I love this idiot. He's so good. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great example of a Shonen hero, and uh, it's uh, good to have such a solid uh, example of a lead in that regard in such an otherwise, you know, low-calorie series. <laughs> uh, and as for favorite fight, I mean, chicks dig giant robots. <laughs> Shiki <laughs> versus the versus the the mightiest night gear. Yeah, that thing. Uh, Jake, how about you? Uh, favorite character, man, I really want to say Rebecca. I really want to say Rebecca because, damn, did she do so many cool things in this section. Boy. Like I said, there was a little bit of badass decay for Rebecca that I was worried that she wasn't going to... I was worried she was going to just be eye candy. Uh, but man, did she assert herself as a as a major player within the story in this section. For Homura, this was her story. And man, you know, I mean, like in a lot of ways, I sort of attribute a lot of the endearment I gained uh, for Valkyrie. Uh, you know, it's like we had her and then we immediately lost her. But like, that is who, you know, like, a lot of the things I love about Homura come from Valkyrie and it was expressed here in a, in a uh, surprisingly well done way. Like it always, it always shocks me for how dumb and popcorny and low calorie Eden zero is. It's still solid, you know, like writing and execution of, of these ideas. It's, it's nothing that deep, but it is quality for as deep that it does go and I already freaking adore Homura for a myriad of reasons. So a plot arc central to her story, of course, Homura has got to be my number one. That said, though, I do get to uh, do a little bit of uh, Rebecca rep because my favorite uh, fight was Rebecca versus Nino. That was like, I mean, I love mobility in fighting and the one who had the best flash stepping uh, movement tech. Um, I mean, honestly, both Arsenal and uh, Shiki had some of it, but the one where the paneling was the best and it was the most emphasized was uh, uh, Rebecca unlocking her own ether gear, uh, independent from just using Happy as guns. So, gotta go with that fight. Excellent. And Matt? Uh, let's see. Favorite character. There are so many good ones in this. Um, let's go with shiki because he had the he had my favorite moment which is the telling someone going through grief that um hey i'm not gonna force you to get over it uh, i'm not gonna show a protagonist tell you to just smile through the pain right now but um people around you love you they're willing to support you and one day you'll feel better mm -hmm. you might mm -hmm. not be the same person but you'll be able to keep walking and I, I I really like that. It it's a level of maturity that the series definitely didn't deserve, but it had anyway. <laughs> uh, favorite fight? I gotta go with the Monster Hunter boss fight where we had the three man combo move. Like, what the hell oh. is wrong with you people? You are right. That is <laughs> you pretty are freaking right. amazing. That the was monster. Sick. 
the Monster Hunter boss fight, even I established, they didn't need to do. They could have just ran away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reason they didn't run away is because they had to do that cool boss fight. Uh, all right. And um, would you continue reading? Uh, I know that in the past I've been uh, sort of uh, not super committal on it. Like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll continue to read it for the pod. I like it. Maybe I'll read a chapter here or there. I really had to stop myself from not just continuing to dive into more because I really enjoyed this last arc. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll absolutely continue reading. Uh, Matt, how about you? It's dumb popcorn nonsense. I. It's hard to hate. Hard to like... I, Here's the thing. I, I'll keep reading Eden Zero. I would not tell other people to read Eden Zero. Like <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not an evangelist for this. I can see its flaws and like it's popcorn. It's fun to eat. <laughs> mm -hmm. And Jacob. Oh, hells yeah, I'm going to read more Eden Zero. Uh, Mr. Cerebral over here, who's always deeply literary analysising crap that doesn't deserve it. Eden Zero is something that I acknowledge doesn't deserve uh, that deep of a read, and I actually, you know, read it on its own level and don't read it that deeply. And you know what? Everyone's got their popcorn in this fine. Like, I freaking love Eden Zero. So... Of course, I'm going to continue reading. I hope I I uh, can say next time that I've read the whole arc before we get to it, because, oh, it's so much freaking fun, man. All right. And uh, thank you, everybody, once again, for tuning in to the Over Manga Cast. As always, you can find us on all your social medias where we are at Over Manga Cast. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube. Our episodes go up there on a two week delay. Uh, like, comment and subscribe. Uh, if you want our more up-to-date stuff, we have overmangacast.com, uh, and that even gives you a, a spot to give us comments on individual episodes, give us uh, recommendations, uh, tell us what your guilty pleasures are. Maybe we'll check them out on the pod. And as always, we appreciate reviews in any and all form, so you can go ahead, let us know what you think, give us recommendations, reach out, overmangacast at gmail.com, hit us up on the website, there are comments there, I mean, do whatever you want, I'm not your mom. Make sure to tune in next week where we'll continue with the popcorny schlock with the... What, oh, never mind. We're reading The Apothecary Diaries, chapters 1 through 14. Um, I guess we're going classy this week? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it certainly sounds... thought-provoking? Indubitably. Oh, yes, quite. The Apothecary. Yes, we'll go into the apothecaries to decide what potions we're going to have, and we'll see you all next Thursday. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Oh, yes, quite. It appears the Apothecary Diaries is a light novel about a young girl who wants to be a pharmacist in the red light district. Prostitutes and drugs. Very highbrow. <laughs> oh, shit, we're still recording. <laughs> we need a damn light on this thing. <laughs>